Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello. Welcome back, beautiful people. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are here for episode 28 featuring Ellie from Covet and Keep. And this is just such an amazing episode. It was one of those conversations where it just flowed really easily. And I think Ellie has such an amazing story. And I think everyone will get something out of it because we've all had different types of struggles, um, be it in our relationships or our businesses or our pregnancies. And she shares uh, a lot about all of that. So uh, it's a really, really amazing, juicy episode. So in this episode, we talk about confronting her kind of mixed emotions about whether or not she wanted to have kids and her choosing the possibility of children over her partner. We talk fertility struggles and living with PCOS. We chat early pregnancy signs and second trimester glow-ups and what it's like to be pregnant during COVID. In this episode, we also talk about birth plans and how sometimes you just need to go with the flow in life, especially with something like birth. It kind of has a mind of its own a lot of the time. And we talk about what she's excited about for um, as she becomes a mom. So yeah, if you haven't put it together, Ellie um, was pregnant when we recorded this. And yeah, it's really amazing to talk to someone about this journey when they're on the precipice of becoming a mom. And we also chat about how she started her business, Covet and Keep, uh, where she makes beautiful jewelry that has coded messages. So stay tuned for the story of how this business was born. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. Uh, As always, if you have anything to let me know about or anyone you would love to see as a guest, please let me know. You can send me a DM or shoot me an email to emily at coolmom101.com. I love hearing from you. And thank you so much to everyone who's left a review. Those mean the world to me. And if you haven't yet, please do. Okay, let's get to it. Here's episode 28 with Ellie from Covet and Keep. I'd like to welcome you to the show, Ellie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. (laughs) We are going to jump right on in to our opening segment here. Amazing. Yeah. So since you are um, a mama-to-be, I kind of edit the questions and we talk a bit about your mom instead. So what, what do you love most about your mom? 
I love a lot about my mom. So that's a hard (laughs) one, (laughs) but probably um, her, her tenacity. She's just, she's somebody who, um, you know, once she has decided on something, she just goes for it and she makes it happen. And not in a, an aggressive way, you know, not like a dog with a bone sort of vibe, but she just, she has this way of um, locking her sights on things and accomplishing her goals, which I think is a really admirable quality. She's a very strong woman, but she's also a very soft mom. And so, yeah, that's probably what I, what I, maybe not what I love most about her, but what I admire most about her. Yeah, I was going to say that's definitely sounds like admiration, which is, I mean, that works too. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's such a beautiful trait to have. And it's interesting that you said with the, not the caveat, but you added that, you know, she was soft in her mothering. So that's really nice. Yeah, for sure. She's soft in in a lot of her approaches, you know, not just as a mom. She's soft as a a human being, but she definitely um, has a way of balancing the strong and the soft, which is a really... I think a very difficult line to dance, especially as women. Yeah. I was just going to say that unfortunately it feels that that's probably, well, no, I guess it's hard for men too, but yeah, just finding that balance of wanting to be, you know, respected and heard. Yeah. But also not needing to get, you know, your ego involved in it. <laughs> so totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. cool that she was able to find that balance. Cause I think that's really amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's important as well in that process to, you know, be respected and heard, but also respect other people and allow them to be heard through that as well, because we all sort of need that. So it is, yeah, it is a very fine balance between, between being, you know, aggressive, strong and aggressive and sort of overbearing. And then, you know, having a strength and a, and a a conviction that's unwavering. So it's sort of, I don't know. It's subtle, but um, yeah. she does a really good job of balancing that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is the best lesson your mom has taught you? This, so you sent me the questions beforehand, and I had to, like, you know, just kind of make sure I was prepared. Um, and this I had to think on for a long time again, like, not because it, she has taught me a few lessons, but the opposite. She's taught me many lessons. Um, and I think the thing that she has taught me best is how to um, how to love without being overbearing. Um, I think she does a really amazing job, especially being there for me, always making me feel like I'm, you know, know that I. Um, this soft person to stand behind me and support me. But she also, you know, she's not up in my business. She's not dropping by the house every week or dropping by the house every day or, you know, calling me every two hours. I know some people have relationships like that with their moms and, and, you know, that works for them. And that's what they're really nice feeling. So she's taught me kind of how to, how to love and protect, but also let me go and learn. Yes. That's lovely. Yeah. I hope I can do it with my little Yeah, child. I was going to say that's something that I would definitely love for my child to say about me. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> like I would yeah, love for totally. that. Yeah. <laughs> Whether um, or not it'll be a reality for me, um, yeah, is is a totally different thing because I, I, it's I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a challenge. I mean, what can you say to that? Is it is that difficult for you? Yeah, it is, and I think I just was was gonna say though, there's a higher chance that you repeat the things your parents do than <laughs> that you don't, I think. Or maybe some people go, you know, one direction or the other. So if they, they kind of either go, oh yeah, I really like what my parents did and how they parented and I'm going to emulate that. Or mm-hmm. I've also seen people say, kind of think, I really don't like this about how my parents parented and I'm going to try and go <laughs> kind of the opposite way. So I think totally. you're, you're primed to be able to, repeat those things well so that's great (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a great place to be (laughs) uh so what is your favorite thing to do with your mama so if you're going to spend like a date together or a day what would you what would you do um probably I mean they're kind of like basic bitch answers but probably (laughs) (laughs) eating eating we really like eating together my mom is like an amazing chef cook not chef cook um home cook she grows pretty much all her food I grew up with her like literally grinding flour to make her own bread <laughs> like she is the OG of homesteading um that is next just, level it is next like level, all the yeah. people all the people in quarantine mode right now making their sourdoughs yeah like Ellie's mom is a whole different level making the oh, flour first it's amazing 100 <laughs> she's yeah I used to get made fun of because we had corn growing in our front yard but um yeah she's amazing um so she has this real interest in it and then cooking is just a passion for her so consequently she has this like amazing palate so we love eating together whether it's eating out or cooking and then eating um drinking wine having tea dates probably just like spending time that's without the outside influences you know just putting down the phones having a good chat she's a really good listener Mm. and she's really engaging so um really just kind of spending time together, which is a little cheesy, but it's true. Yeah, no, that's time without distractions is, mm-hmm. it's just good for the soul. It just feels so good. Yeah, it does. And there's something I think about that, um, for me anyway, um, that relationship and what it, how it feeds me and what it gives me that I just, I walk away from those times and I feel rejuvenated and replenished you know that's perfect that's yeah. I, again I, I mean I would love for my kid to say that about me so <laughs> I love that I'm sure they will <laughs> what's your little one's name Leo little girl Leo okay boy, so he's yeah. a little boy yeah, yeah. Little I'm boy. sure he will oh let's hope okay last <laughs> one in this opening segment here finish yeah. your sentence my mom is my mom is amazing. <laughs> my mom, no, you know what? My mom is always my soft spot to land. Ooh, that's yeah. so lovely. I yeah. love that. Great answer. Thanks. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so for those listening who can't see you, um, you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're expecting mama. And I would love to hear a little bit about your journey into parenthood. So 
how did this all come about? I mean, not the birds and the bees. We don't need to be educated that way. But yeah, what has been your journey into deciding to become a parent? Um, it's been like a really long, slow journey, I think. Um, and it's been made up of conscious and <laughs> subcon- or unconscious decisions. <laughs> um, so... I mean, okay, I'm going to overshare a lot about my whole life. Um, I was married um, and we separated and a big portion of that separation came from um, my ex coming to the place that, uh, coming to the decision um, that he did not want kids. And so um, that was a very painful experience um, and something that I, for probably about a year, really faced um, in terms of my decision um, around having kids and my desire to have kids. So I sort of went through the process of thinking to myself, okay, so do I give up having kids and have him, or do I give up having him and chase the dream of having kids? Um, and that was confronting and scary and really difficult. Um, and in the end I did come to the place of feeling like, you know, there are so many unknowns in, in relationships and, um, in life. And if I were to forego having children to be with him and he were to, you know, we were to split up in 10 years or he were to pass away or something like that, would I really feel fulfilled versus the flip? And I I just felt like it was something that I needed to explore. And that's scary because I'm 38 now. Um, This was three years ago, three three and a bit years ago. Um, And so, you know, I was scared at the time, just as, as far as like my clock ticking and, you know, you need another component here. So was I <laughs> yeah. going to be <laughs> the other component? <laughs> yeah. But was then I it brings up to... the questions probably for you of like, okay, so if I am deciding that, then there's those next steps. Like, does that mean totally. I need to find a partner within a couple of years or does that totally. mean I freeze my eggs? Does that mean I get totally. a donor? I went through all those things. I did. And I had all the doctor's appointments and all the stuff and explored all the options. And, and then also the emotional component of like, you know, doing, I think making the choice to um, have children on your own with a donor or how, you know, however it is that you achieve that goal um, is very different to choosing to have children with a partner. So, you know, how did I feel about both of those options and journeys? Um, and so, yeah, I just, as I was exploring that, um, fate happened <laughs> and, um, someone came into my life, Mark came into my life and it just, it fit. And it was, um, very sort of serendipitous in so many ways. He was somebody that, um, is best friends with one of my best friends, boyfriend, the fact that we had never met was crazy. Just over the years, there were a lot of opportunities when we should have met um, and just didn't. And I feel like timing was a big part of that and sort of fate was a big part of that. And um, so, so there was all of that kind of side of things going on, um, which was a little bit sticky and a little, you know, difficult and like really, yeah, just, just a lot. 
Um, and then on top of that, I have um, PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome or ovarian syndrome. And um, that is kind of like a spectrum uh, diagnosis. It's kind of like saying you have IBS. Well, it could mean very many different things for many different people. Um, for me personally, my progesterone levels are not, um, you know, high enough that I'm having a cycle. So I'm not dropping an egg. Um, so I hadn't had a period in like three years and I'd been told by doctors that it wasn't going to happen naturally. It wasn't just going to happen for me. Right. Um, so it was, it was a pretty, you know, clear path. I wasn't scared or overwhelmed as far as, um, you know, when, once I'd made the decision to try and get pregnant, how that would look. But I was definitely expecting to have to make the decision to get pregnant, start um, a medication called Clomid, and and then try from there. Um, and that's not how it went. This was just a surprise, a true wow. miracle. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't so, find out until a little bit later than those two because I was like, oh, I have really sore nipples. Google it, oh. pregnancy. No, I'm not You're pregnant. Like, no. I'm pregnant. No, no. I was really nauseous. So because doctors had told you that you would yeah. need some sort of external help. Exactly. And that yeah. would look like um, it's, starting it's, with Clomid and then potentially other things. Is that how that would have looked? It, yeah, it would have looked. So um, it would have been taking a progesterone supplement to have a cycle and have a period and then starting a drug called Clomid. I don't know its exact function, so I don't want to speak to it too much, um, but essentially after six or so cycles of trying that, then the next step would have been to go to um, IVI, which would be, um, you know, you just um, them doing it in a doctor's office. And then if that were to not work, then um, IVF would have been the next step after that. Right. But, okay. you know, they were sort of pretty confident. There were a few stages to go through. I went through medical testing, like had my fallopian tubes tested to make sure that they were not blocked. Um, had, you know, hormone testing out the yin yang, of course, which came with this diagnosis. Um, but, um, the eggs were there, right. The, you know, my fallopian tubes were open. My womb was healthy. So there was no sort of reason aside from just my hormone deficiency. Um, that would mean that it would, it would be difficult. So, yeah. Wow. So then it just happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it okay. did. And you were saying that you were kind of, you had some symptoms, but of course it's, it's interesting because your mindset is that yeah. what we talked about, you were going to do all these things one after the other, and one of them along the way was going to work. Yeah. So it, that was your kind of your mindset in a way. And then, you started getting <laughs> symptoms. So at what point were you like, okay, I guess I should check this out. My best friend said, dude, you're pregnant. <laughs> it, and you I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not. I, I just, I remember texting her and saying, oh, I just feel nauseous at the idea of any kind of food right now, except for like bread, white bread was all yeah. I wanted to eat. <laughs> and I'd been eating really well and like not eating a lot of carbs and just had a really kind of, you know, it was like feeling good about having a clean diet. 
And this shift happened and I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. I've just been eating too well for too long. I just need to fall <laughs> off the wagon really done hard. With those greens. <laughs> totally. Um, and, uh, and then I was at the supermarket and I just thought, you know what, let's just chuck a test in there. Why not? Like actually what uh, another, sorry, another part of the story was that, so my, my, uh, doctor, my fertility doctor had given me a progesterone supplement and said to me, if you feel like your body is telling you to, you can have a cycle, you can give yourself a cycle. So for the health of your uterine walls and everything else, um, because I do have my estrogen levels are normal. So my uterus would kind of plump up, mm-hmm. but then not have the bleed. Right. right. So, um, to, for the, and please, if there's a doctor listening out here, I'm sorry if I've butchered this because <laughs> this is just like my interpretation. Of what not I've been medical told. advice people, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but, uh, so she'd given me these progesterone supplements and said, if you feel like you want to have a cycle, a period, have a period. And I thought, my boobs were sore, like I've got other hormones going on. I thought I need to like do a hormonal cleanse. <laughs> I'll have a period. So I took four days worth of the progesterone and it's, I think, 10 days before it, it makes you have a bleed. And so I was in the supermarket <laughs> and I thought to myself, I should probably test whether or not I'm pregnant just to make sure because I've started taking this hormone what would happen if I, like, would that make me miscarry? I don't know. Like, I, right. you know, again, I have no idea about these things. Turns out it wouldn't. But, um, and so I took a test home and yeah, the line came up within like, I, you know, peed on the stick. I put it on the, on the shelf and I washed my hands and I looked back at it and there was clearly two lines. And I went into my bedroom and stared at the wall and cried. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I thought, no, no, it must be. Okay. So I was taking the progesterone. So it's probably a false neck, a false positive. Like this, I literally could not. We're trying to rationalize out of it because you just didn't think that was even possible right now. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. So when it, how did it sink in? I went to the doctor and asked for a blood test. So not until you asked for a blood test. Yeah. Yeah. I took two tests. I took the one test. I thought, no. I chugged a bunch of water, waited an hour, <laughs> took another test. I was like, no, this can't be it. I'm going straight to the doctor. So I went to a walk-in clinic and requested a blood test and and got the results that night. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And was that super emotional when you did get the blood test results? Like, how did you feel then? S- super emotional. I mean, I'd processed it a little bit throughout the day, so it wasn't yeah. that initial shock. The initial shock of the first um, test was really emotional. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just, I cried, which is maybe, I don't know, I hope, you know, that's not the wrong thing to say. Um, I, I don't think there is a right or wrong thing to say, but it was the emotion I had. I just was so surprised and so overwhelmed that I, um, I, it all just came out in tears. I don't know if they were happy or sad or what. It, it was this tend. thought process of I, I just couldn't believe it. And my life, I knew my life was had changed literally in that split second. So, oh yeah. Know, did you feel the same way when you found just out that? You wait, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I felt, well, Leo wasn't planned, so to speak, as in, Mario and I, my partner, we always knew we wanted to have kids, but we hadn't planned. We knew like soon-ish, 
because I just had always pictured myself being, um, I don't want to say a young mom because I'm not, I'm like 32, but I always pictured, I was like, you know, just, you know, you have the vision of certain things and I always just pictured that. So I thought, you know, it would be within the next few years. That was kind of our plan. Right. Then it just so happened that I needed to get my IUD taken out um, Mm -hmm. and got my IUD taken out because I had to get a new one. And I wasn't able, I can't remember what happened, but they didn't have the one that I was, you was wanted to get. So I was having to find a new one. Anyway, point is I had it taken out. I didn't get a new one in right away. And then the next month I was pregnant. Wow. So it, yeah, it just happened fast. So I had a different shock. It was more of like a, obviously I know how this works. Again, like mm-hmm. I said, we're not going to explain the, the birds and bees here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I know how it works, but, um, you know, you don't hear that a ton that like within a month you get pregnant. So you don't, yeah. I, just, I didn't think about it, even though, you know, it's a possibility. It just didn't, I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah. I will tell you, I knew right away because it's so interesting because we've had such like different experiences. Yeah. I get my period every 28 days mm-hmm. on the dot. So yeah. as soon as I didn't get it for a couple days and I also had really early symptoms, like we were talking about, like I, my, my boobs were sore, like almost. Yeah. Sore. So that a couple symptoms combined with the fact that I didn't get my period for like two days, I tested as soon as you could. I can't remember when that was like a week later. Yeah. Yeah. And it was positive And I just knew I was like, wow. So I, wow. I trust the pee on the stick test, but I still, of course, went and got it confirmed. So I was definitely yeah. shocked as well and emotional. I think I cried right away too. Yeah. So, and again, it was like happiness because like I knew that was the person that I wanted to have mm-hmm. kids with. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I just, there was that emotion of like, I mean, it's really cool. Like making a kid is really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, then there's the overwhelm of like, okay, well, I didn't really plan it like this. Like you yeah. probably, like I thought <laughs> yeah, I had at least totally. a few months, like yeah, at minimum. Right. So I think it was just, yeah. Like an, a whole orchestra of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I felt the same way. Definitely. It was like yeah. Yeah, just an overwhelm of like, Oh my God. Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, just you just let it out. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and how has your pregnancy been so far? So it's been pretty good. Yeah. I don't yeah. have anything to compare it by, so it's yeah. really hard to to know. But um in the beginning I was nauseous but didn't um actually throw up a lot. So just kind of I mean, I guess that was manageable. Um, the second trimester was bliss, like a lot of people say. Oh, same. I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, like the belly started starting to come in, but you're still like, you know, mobile and feeling good and have energy. And um, and now into the third trimester, as it's getting later into the pregnancy. I mean, it's okay. I've been recently diagnosed with um, gestational diabetes, so... That's been kind of a bummer. Um, that and was, what is that? Do you know what's really interesting? I never even tested for it. Yeah. Yeah, um, some people don't. I considered not doing it because I had to go in for testing during all of the height of the COVID stuff. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to go in there. I know. <laughs> that, is, that is weird because, and I wanted to ask you about that. So, yeah. you know, how has your experience, like, has your experience changed at all? now that it's this weird quarantine time or have you just kind of taken it in stride 
I think no, I don't take things in stride. <laughs> I'm not, not chill, me, honey. I have zero chill. <laughs> <laughs> some chill, but you need to give me some wine first, and I can't drink these. Things, <laughs> and you so. can't right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's it has changed things a lot. Um, uh, well, maybe not a lot, but it has changed things. I mean, I work from home, so I'm thankful for that. It hasn't changed my day to day so much as. Um, just some of the thinking around the whole experience and, um, you know, I've grieved, I'm grieving slash have grieved the, um, fact that we can't have a baby shower, um, which is, you know, just, especially since our relationship began in such a crazy kind of complicated time in my life and, in a way that was like, it wasn't off to the races. We've fallen in love and we want to share, share that with everyone that we know. It was like, Oh my gosh, this person has come into my life and I know I don't want to let them go, but everything's so complicated. How do we manage it? How do we navigate it? And so I think a baby shower would have been kind of an opportunity for us to kind of like just celebrate that union as well as the baby um, for the first time. And so, yeah, I'm grieving the loss of that for sure. Um, and then, you know, just not knowing whether or not mom will be able to hold him and, um, when she'll be able to hold him, I should say. Um, yeah. When, when, yeah. Yeah. Feel about it. Think about it, I guess I should say. Um, you know, I have felt thinking about my friends and people I'm talking to like you who are pregnant I have felt just a slight sense of just a little bit of sadness in that there's certain things that I wish you could do differently like you said like I wish you could have like a nice baby shower um Mm -hmm. I think we're lucky here because I know things like I had a doula and doulas are allowed here but I'm thinking about some of these women in certain places in the states where they weren't even allowed to a doula in the room or I don't know if doulas are a lot that has that changed recently I they're seeing on their Instagram they said they were um my both my midwife and my doula had said no so no doulas in the delivery room no um laughing gas because it's a obviously an inhalant um is that a word inhalant yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um and, uh, yeah, no visitors. Those were the three that I was told, but that could be changing as it unfolds. So that, you yeah. know, I mean, that's kind of another component of it is that I felt very like, just sort of like a lot is on pause. And I think a lot is, there's that feeling of, of, you know, treading water, a lot being unknown, um, is probably the best way to put it, um, when you're a first time parent. And then, I think it's just kind of compounded. COVID has compounded that feeling of like, I really just don't know how this is going to look. Totally. And to put your mind, maybe not that at ease, but some at ease is that like you kind of said, and I'll echo that you don't really know what's going to happen anyway. So even the best laid plans get completely effed up. Totally. You can have these birth plans with like your doula and or like your music and your inhalants and whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes shit hits the fan and you have a C-section or whatever happens, right? Totally. Totally. Um, and I think that's something, I mean, me and my partner did not plan for um, 
something like a pandemic, but we did have <laughs> conversations um, where, you know, when we were talking about our birth plan and all that, we had conversations where we were like, you know, if anything goes, like, I wanted to have an unmedicated vaginal birth. That was like yeah. my goal for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But we had lots of conversations about, okay, if something's like going awry, like a C-section is a possibility. And like, we just kind of talked about those things. Yeah. What I feel. And I was like, you know, what? I'm fine. Like if that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. But I think a lot of people don't even think about these other, you know, things that can happen. These other kind of situations. Again, not that anyone's thought of a pandemic, but I think a lot of the unknowns are whether or not there's COVID. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you're on the right track there. Was your birth similar to your birth plan or did did it change a lot? Um, It was really close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So my birth plan was, actually, I'll try and keep it short, but my birth plan was to actually have the most of labor at home and then go to the hospital for kind of the end parts of labor. Um, and it's interesting because deep, deep in my soul, I just wanted to have a home birth. However, I didn't know anyone literally who's ever had one. Yeah. Um, you know, I read about it in Ina May's book, that kind of thing, which kind of opened my mind to it, but I just didn't know anyone. So they're just, I just didn't have that experience that I could tie myself to. Yeah. So I can, and I, you can just hear the apprehension in, in people's voices still. If like, if you were yeah. to mention home birth, some people are still very apprehensive about it. So I think all that together made like stopped me from saying what I really wanted, even mm-hmm. though I knew in my mind, that's what I wanted. So the birth plan was do most of the labor at home, with my doula, with my partner, Mario, and then go to the hospital for the very end. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have no, inter- if possible, no, no interventions and no pain medication. Um, so <laughs> what happened was I went into labor at 11 PM. I slept for the first two hours of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had so girl. Yeah, my knowledge of the beginning stages of labor is that they can last a long time. Uh-huh. So when you hear women talk about labor for 48 hours, it's because they've been in, you know, that first stage for a really uh-huh. long time. So I was like, oh, it's 11 p.m. It's my bedtime. I'm going to try and sleep. So I slept for two hours and woke up because the contractions were picking up. Uh-huh. And I still didn't even wake my partner up, by the way. I was like, uh-huh. I'm good. I'm good. And then maybe an hour later, I woke him up and he timed the contractions. And by that point, they were pretty much at the time you would, you should be at the hospital. Um, yeah. If you were going to go to the hospital, you should be there by then, basically. So this is like three hours after it started. This is like about one yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. So it really picked up. And then, um, long story short, by the time we got a hold of the midwives and they were a little bit, I want to say apprehensive too, because I'm a first time mom. So Mm -hmm. I want to make sure you're actually in active labor. And I was like, trust me, like get here. It's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Yeah. And that was one point when I remember kind of snapping out of my, I was almost in a bit of a, like, not I don't want to kind of a meditative state in a way like I was just mm-hmm. in a zone I'll put it that way mm-hmm. in the fucking zone. Yeah. and that was one of the times I remember snapping out of it and I like yelled at the phone because Mario was on the phone I yelled <laughs> at the phone I'm just like 
get here now or whatever. I said. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. now because I knew. Anyways, yeah. by the time they got there, they got there at four fifty in the morning. Oh wow! Um, so we called them around three. 3.30, let's say. Because Mario's like, okay, I think we need to, like, call someone. And um, by the time they got there, it was 4.50. So I've been in labor since 11. Probably active labor since whatever, what that was, 1 or 2 in the morning. Yeah. And the baby, Leo, was born at 5.22. So they were there for a total of... Wow. (laughs) Not long. Yeah, half an hour? Yeah, they were there for about 30 minutes. Um, So did... Did they basically just say, like, they got there, they were like, you're fully dilated, and you need to start pushing? Well, they said, you're fully dilated. So, like, that's exactly, like you said. So, they checked. Mm -hmm. This is their first check, and it was 10 centimeters. (laughs) And so, they basically said, we know your plan is to go to the hospital. Would you like to go? And I said, fuck no. I literally said, fuck no. Yeah. I was like, I just knew. I'm like, there's no way. And again, looking back. Yeah, I think I probably could have actually gone even earlier, but I think I was waiting for them mm-hmm. to kind of get there. Yeah, because uh, I knew they were on their way. So I think mentally, I was like, okay, I can hang on a bit. But I, I was feeling the sensation of needing to push probably before they got there, even. Yeah, yeah. So after they wow. asked me about that, within about ten minutes, I ten or fifteen minutes, I and I, I was ready to push, and it only took maybe fifteen minutes. Wow. Yeah. So can I just have the same story, please? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, That's amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, it was great. And I, I do like to share my story, not to put it out there that that's like a guaranteed way it's going to go, but to just share that it is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, I just knew no one who'd ever done it at home. I didn't know a lot of people who had done it even without medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And not that there's a right or wrong. Let me put that out there too. Mm-hmm. I think whatever mm-hmm. way you want to give birth is great. I just mean if you have a desire to have something, you should you should go after that. And then mm-hmm. who knows how the cards are going to play for you. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you don't even have that vision, then it's never going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that was my wild uh, home birth labor story (laughs) (laughs) amazing yeah okay so back to you what are you most excited about in motherhood and then flip side what are your kind of fears about becoming a mother oh gosh (laughs) Um, what am I most excited about I'm most excited like really just in the like immediate to see his face I'm just Mm -hmm. overwhelmed like I I have dreams about it. I can't, I can't picture it. I just, it feels like this need right now. I'm like, I just want to see you. Um, and I mean, in the long run, definitely what I'm most excited about is um, feeling this love that everybody talks about. Um, I think it sounds magical <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. And I think, I think falling in love with a human being with another, like with your partner as well at the same time is such a kind of special, lovely, um, romantic notion. So I'm excited to watch Mark fall in love with Levi and to fall in love with Levi myself and just kind of share that as a family. That is the most special part. 
for me so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think in a, in a way, similarly to you, um, Mario and I, like, it's not like we had that very linear, you know, meet, date for a while, get married, have a baby yeah. type situation. Yeah. Um, we've now been together for like five years, but not long before we got pregnant, we had separated for a while. Mm-hmm. So we had that kind of, so when you were talking about the baby shower, I was like, you know what? I, I totally get that because it was, you know, it's nice to have that opportunity to kind of share that love and that like starting of the family, which you guys will get. It just might look different. It might be in a few months from now or whatever, but yeah. I guess it was, yeah. you know, those kind of things were nice for us because we didn't have that classic, like I said, linear story of like meet young, fall in love, like totally get married. Yeah. So, you know, there was that weird, um, like now, of course, I just don't give a shit about it. But I think there was that weird part of me that was like, I don't know, didn't want to feel like judged about how we had gone about it. How, you know, yeah, broken up, yeah. got back together. And then, but this is what we wanted. But it it was like, I didn't want to feel, yeah, like, I guess that's it. I didn't want to feel judged or yeah, not supported. And sometimes that happens even when people mean well, you know, people judge in, in when they mean well, when they, it's not always out of malice. It's just this sort of human reaction to the situations and they want to understand them and um, relationships are very, you know, nuanced and complex and individual. And so nobody really understands them except for the two people that are in them. And, uh, but people want to. So it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a difficult thing to kind of manage. Yeah. And, absolutely. Yeah. So I totally feel you on that, but um, you guys will, you guys will get your day. Yeah. I, sharing. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. And you know what, in a, in a way um, it's kind of nice to do. I've done some baby showers for like family members where it was a few months after. Um, yeah. And that was actually very nice because then people who maybe haven't met him or her yet get to meet the baby and then you get yeah. to off so it's kind of fun too yeah for sure yeah and, and I think too. it will be it will be limited um interaction with a lot of people while we're going through the pandemic so it will be nice to get to a place when um you know we can gather as a group and everybody can meet him yes absolutely yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, but yeah I wanted to ask you about your business and if you could tell us just how it started so it's Covet and Keep, correct? Yep, Covet and Keep is is the name. Um, it's jewelry. It's um, all of the pieces have a Braille or Morse code message in them, so it's kind of like coded messaging. Um, how it started? I was having a bad day. <laughs> I was having <laughs> a really bad day um, and some friction with a girl, which is not something that I'm you know, that's that frequent in my life. Um, especially as an adult, um, I really felt like she was not handling it like an adult and I was feeling quite frustrated and I was standing in an elevator and I was looking at the braille on the, the buttons of the elevator. And I thought, I really wish I had like a set of knuckle dusters that said fight dirty. Cause I can fight dirty too. She's fighting dirty right now. And she doesn't know that I can fight dirty too. And if she wants to see that happen, she's getting me there. <laughs> um, 
but I also didn't want to say that out loud and I didn't want to act on those actions because I know that it doesn't serve me to fight dirty and it doesn't feel good. Um, but I had, essentially I had this message that I wanted to express without necessarily being overt with it. Um, and then I started to think of all of the many things that I wanted to say without necessarily saying out loud. Um, and that ranges. So the, the collections, you know, vary a lot um, in their messaging. There's edgy stuff like F you. There's knuckle dusters that say fight dirty. <laughs> it's just a double ring, not actual knuckle dusters. Um, there's, yeah, earrings that say F you. And then there's also the softer side of things. So there's like uh, this too shall pass and um, this must be the place. Um, survivor, uh, things like that. Self-love. So, um which, you know, again, I guess going back to talking about my mom and the way that she balances the soft and the strong, you know, I think some of those softer messages are not always messages I want to put out to the world in the moment because it's at a time when I want to feel my strength or feel my conviction, you know. Um, and so I don't want to be viewed as just soft. And then there are times when I'm, you know, um, don't want people to see how sort of, you know, hard some of my feelings are or um, strong some of my feelings are. So yeah, that's kind of the essence of the brand. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> and is there something that you're excited about that you're working on in your business that you can tell us about? Like what's next for Covet and Keep? Next is, well, Next is balancing motherhood and self-employment, which is, which is a, a scary thing. Um, I didn't really quite answer your question about what my fears were um, yep. around Levi coming. And that's, that's my fear is, is not one. being able to, to balance that. Um, what I hear from a lot of moms is that there's constant mom guilt no matter what, and you never feel like you have a balance. Um, and that my business already provides that for me. <laughs> it's kind of like a little business baby that I think about all the time. And I always feel guilty. Like I should be doing more. I should be more proactive. I should be connecting. I should be, you know, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think next is, is, combining those two roles for myself um and then what that means within the business um I would like to start working with someone for social media I'm um an open book but I'm also a very kind of private person it's a very very strange mix um so I don't find it easy to put myself out there and with social media and the brand because the brand is so personal I feel like I am putting myself out there when I have to um you know post Instagram and and all that sort of stuff so I would like to work with somebody in marketing that um could help hold my hand through that a little bit not take it over um I think the brand has a very strong voice uh, and I don't want that to be misunderstood um, I also don't want it to be, um, you know, not authentic. It's very authentic right now. And I want to have a part in that. So, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I'm not willing to hand it over to somebody, but at the same time, I need somebody to come and crack my whip, crack the whip and whip me into shape and, um, 
get me going on some of that stuff. So I'm looking to bring somebody in to help with that um, and focus on the direct to customer sales. So my online sales yeah. about probably 85% of my business comes through um, wholesale accounts, mm, which okay. is wonderful. I yeah. love my stores. They're amazing. Um, yeah. And it's allowed the brand to get out there for sure. Like it's because I sell through stores that, um, a lot of people are aware of my brand. So I feel very, you know, I don't want to stop working with them or, um, make them, you know, less important within the business, but certainly through COVID it's shown me that there is the opportunity there to sell more to, uh, directly to the customer and um, it's an opportunity that I should be looking at and building on so absolutely yeah so next for you that's awesome yeah so before we wrap up here I wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing your amazing stories and just being so open and honest I really oh, thanks of course thanks for having me my I pleasure. feel like I didn't do anything except for just explode my weird life on you. Oh no, it's very fascinating. <laughs> and I think people are really going to relate to a lot of the story, even if this is why it's so great to share these stories, even if it's not exactly the same, there's parts you relate to. And it's just really nice to hear from different people about what, you know, their journey into motherhood has been. Cause it's not, like we were saying, it's not always this like linear, straight, safe yeah. cookie cutter. Yeah, so, for sure. For yeah, sure. thank you so much for sharing. Well, thank you. And thanks for sharing your birth story because it made me feel a little safer. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, oh, freaking out. <laughs> I had a lot of people share their like very scary ones with me. Mm-hmm. I really didn't love that. So now I try to share mine. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you're going to be an amazing mama and we'll all Aww. be rooting for you. And Thank where, you. Where's the best place to connect with you? Um, Instagram, Covenant, and it's at Covenant Keep. Perfect. Okay, well, I'll yeah. connect with Ellie and wish you all the best. Thanks, guys. Again, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.